Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being with us, letting us be part of your day. Well, busy day today, big debate tonight. Vote in the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee today for those that showed up to uh, send the uh, nomination of Amy Coney Barrett on to the uh, Senate for a full vote for the Supreme Court. So lots happening there. Meanwhile, we have lots to talk about on the ag scene. We'll talk with University of Illinois ag economist Scott Irwin, get his thoughts on how the ag economy is holding up under COVID-19. We've had uh, you know, a rally in the markets, but there are some other concerning signs. Gasoline consumption down, concerns over COVID-19 lingering on. So we'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about markets with Arlen Suderman with Stone X. Lots to talk about there as China continues to make purchases and the harvest is in the uh, home stretch. We'll talk about all that with Arlen Suderman. And speaking of the harvest in the home stretch, we'll get a harvest report from St. Joe, Missouri. Gene Miller checks in as uh, they're about to wrap up harvest on his farm. We'll get the latest from him. All that coming up on today's program. But let's start things off, catch up with a guy we haven't talked with in a while, the CEO of Kansas Wheat, Justin Gilpin. Justin, thanks for joining us. How are things in Kansas? Hey, Mike, it's good to be with you. You know, it has been a while since we've talked. I think the last time we talked was in July, and since that time the wheat market's rallied about a dollar fifty, so maybe it's better I'm not calling yet. (laughs) Yeah, we were talking during wheat harvest. Let's talk about... uh, uh, winter wheat planting conditions and crop conditions, you know, overall, how do things look? Well, it's certainly getting a lot of attention on the wheat crop right now, uh, hard red winter wheat, southern plains. Um, you know, we've had such an open window for our fall harvest uh, with corn and soybean and, and sorghum harvest that's been underway and, and really ahead of schedule. So when you think about uh, that central corridor from northern Oklahoma, up through Kansas, up into Nebraska, uh, the potential for uh, farmers that that do use double cropping systems when they get the soybeans off, uh, if they uh, they will rotate that back in and go in behind it and plant wheat. Uh, The last couple years where we've had delayed uh, fall harvest, uh, we haven't gotten some of those acres, but with that open fall harvest, uh, we've got, we've seen an probably an uptick in, in planted acres and, and then some of that double crop acres. But, boy, it's sure dry right now, Mike. That's what I was going to ask you. What are your soil conditions? Well, you know, uh, that's what, you know, it, it's probably not the lead story why uh, markets have, have had so much strength in the wheat side, but it's part of the story, uh, the dryness in the, in the winter wheat areas and the uh, concerns about what this crop will this crop get established before it goes into dormancy and into winter but uh, you know there's also dryness in, in Russia and uh, Argentina's crop getting a little bit smaller so it's a, it's a piece of the story but uh, certainly here in the southern plains uh, that, that it is it is dry and you know when you look at the drought monitor that came out this morning uh, you know the entire state of Kansas is uh, abnormally dry or in moderate drought 
you know, I try to compare that back to, you know, people have asked, well, how does this dry conditions right now, this wheat crop's being planted, and how does it compare to maybe recent years, or what could you look back at? Uh, 2012 is probably the, the closest drought monitor uh, in appearance to what we've got right now. You know, if you remember 2012, had a really dry, dry drought summer that really impacted corn harvest that year. Uh, but when you think about dry, and you asked the question right, Mike, how are the soil conditions? Because drought monitor is indicated of what's happened to precipitation over a period of time. It takes a while to get into a drought uh, drought monitor showing up, and it takes a while to get out of that drought monitor showing up. But what really impacts that crop is what are your soil conditions at that time. And right now, we haven't really had a measurable rain in south-central Kansas uh, since September 11th. And, and one of the things that's really showing up that's probably more significant than that drought monitor is, you know, the state of Kansas right now has 80% short to very short topsoil moisture conditions and, and 70% short to very short subsoil moisture conditions. So that's an indicator that drought monitor is going to start looking worse in the weeks to come than what it looks right now. But right here as we sit today, there's a lot of wheat that's that's really going to struggle to get established on the dormancy because of that 80% short to very short uh, topsoil condition. Well, in Kansas, you're used to dealing with dry conditions. So when you're really concerned, that tells you how dry it is. And I'm sure you've had a lot of wind along with the dry weather. You know, and on social media, there's uh, it's 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 a new new way of trying to spread the word about uh, dust dust bowls. But we've we've had some pretty pretty significant dust storms that have come up out of eastern Colorado and western Kansas, southwest Nebraska. Uh, that uh, just some incredible pictures, Mike. That uh, that that come in from farmers out in the field. You know, it's 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 eerily similar to those black and white photos people saw from the 1930s that you. That uh, makes everybody's uh, hair on the back of their neck stand up just a little bit. But, or you, uh, you know, without without any significant moisture here, uh, and with the pattern that's set up uh, with the long-range forecast, unfortunately, uh, the risk of wheat fields blowing out in those continued dust storms is something that uh, farmers in the Southern Plains, Western Kansas, Eastern Colorado, Southwest Nebraska, Western Oklahoma. Uh, they're all having to be alert to, you know, there's a lot of communication going on about, you know, how can you try to affect uh, fields from, from blowing and, and uh, actions that farmers might need to take and preventative measures just to try to mitigate some of that topsoil from getting caught up and blowing. But uh, I think it's certainly going to be a, an issue, unfortunately, that uh, we're going to be dealing with uh, going into going into this winter. Yeah, there are steps that you take, but you can only do so much when the conditions get this severe. Uh, that's that's right. That is exactly right as far as whether it's tillage. But, you know, the best way to try to keep something from blowing is having some residue out there, but then also having uh, having a crop that's, that's established. And unfortunately, I've already had a couple board members call me up that, you know, wheat that they had planted in southwest Kansas in, in the first part of uh, September, uh, it, it, it's actually they're going to have to make a decision on it because it, it, it has blown out. And, you know, and a lot of that's oak wheat that's in the western part of Oklahoma and southwest Kansas. But they ho- the hope is to get that planted and, and up and so they can graze cattle on it. Uh, but unfortunately, there's there's not going to be a lot of grazing wheat this year because of that. And, and it's also going to create a concern with pasture conditions about, about how dry it is. 
Yeah, a lot of challenges, and that's a story, a developing story we'll keep an eye on. Justin, good to talk with you again. Thanks for being with us. Mike, always good to talk to you, and uh, stay uh, safe and healthy, and I hope all your listeners do as well. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. Take care. Justin Gilpin, CEO of Kansas Wheat. Well, up next, we're going to talk about the ag economy, how it's holding up during COVID-19, but some troubling signs going into the winter and concerns going into next year. We'll talk with University of Illinois ag economist Scott Irwin. That's next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Seed corn companies love to talk about characteristics, maturity, emergence, vigor. Those things are important, but at FS Envision, we've developed corn with some extra characteristics, like attitude, like a fighter's will to win, like the spirit to persevere, because in the end, those are the traits that get it done. Get Envision in the fight for you. Talk to your local FS crop specialist today. FS Envision. Never settle. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, joining us now is the CEO of the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, Dr. Barb Glenn. What are some of the priorities that you've laid out to whoever wins the election that need to be addressed in rural America? We start with expanding market access for food and agricultural products globally. And I think that's a top priority for NASA, but we also heard heard from both campaigns for them as well. As we know, um, with the current administration, there's there's a, a large a number of trade agreements being worked on at this time. Another issue was worker protection and increasing the availability of labor. We we need to prioritize keeping our food safe, particularly now in the wake of the COVID response and recovery. And then we support expanding rural broadband access, not only for rural businesses and communities, but the the, uh, health and education components of that are critical, as well as precision agriculture. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Every Tuesday, we'll be sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS. Join us and learn how CHS creates the vital connections that empower agriculture, helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed. We'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system, sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together. Join us around the table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners. Broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, $1,000. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301. Call now and get your first month free, plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 
800-434-5301. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's talk about the ag economy with University of Illinois ag economist Scott Irwin. Scott, thanks for joining us. Good to have you back. Let's start on the positive side, some good news. We've seen a significant price rally in the markets. That's certainly a positive here, and we've seen China continue to buy. You know, absolutely. It's a remarkable turnaround in the last couple of months from the outlook, at least, that we saw for Corn Belt grain agriculture um, just a couple months ago. We we were really uh, a negative outlook for 2021, but, uh, you know, we rally corn prices over 75 cents a bushel and beans close to $2, and everything looks different. Yeah, it looks a lot different. I've I've talked about this quite a bit, about we've rewritten this narrative in, in a short period of time. Part of that, too, uh, we have the lower stocks, and this year's harvest, while good for most, uh, not as good as we thought uh, earlier in the year. Right. There's a couple things that have gone on. Uh, the acreage, planted acreage and prevented plant acreage uh were well planted acres was overestimated and prevent plant acres were underestimated and then you also had the wind damage in uh wind damaged acres in Iowa and so we had acreage going down and then it got really dry late in the season and so we don't have a quite as big a crop as we had expected you know i think back to when the ratio hit we we obviously knew it was bad for those that got hit by it but the feeling at that time was the overall crop was going to be so big that even though that was through a, a key stretch of, of production area like Iowa, that it, overall it wasn't going to have that much of an effect or an impact. Well, it turns out that it uh, did because the rest of the crop wasn't as big as we thought, and that damage was pretty extensive. Absolutely, and some of those things you have to kind of see to believe. I was home in my uh, went home to my family's farm area in west central Iowa a couple weeks ago and uh wow it is a a a stark uh horizon when you just see you know hundreds of thousands of acres of corn that's just been dissed under so let's look ahead um hopefully the rally continues hopefully china continues to buy but we're still dealing with covid and some troubling signs there including uh uh, gas consumption, we've seen it kind of fall back again. Right. It's kind of like we're trying to kind of figure out where is roughly an equilibrium level of gas consumption in the U.S. because that's critical to ethanol consumption and then the corn ethanol grind. Um, kind of looks like we're having a lot of trouble uh, uh, getting beyond a 10% year-over-year cut in ethanol production. That seems to be around where the ceiling is right now. We don't know, of course, how much longer this is going to go on, but when you look at how the ag economy has dealt with COVID so far, um, and then the prospects of maybe facing it, going into another year with it as well, uh, are we 
better prepared to handle it or can we're kind of strained to the limits of uh, handling it as far as how the ag economy holds up? Well, uh, that a lot of that would depend on, let's just say, let's have a scenario, Mike, where we have a big third wave this winter, which, which a lot of uh, medical professionals are talking about. Uh, I think that we do have a lot of protocols for the ag sector to handle that reasonably well. Uh, the big question is, what would be the aggregate ec- uh, economic impacts in the country? Again, the big, the big question is, would we go into a series of lockdowns again? Ireland just did it this week. Uh, will we follow suit? Uh, the answer is, we, we really don't know. I kind of doubt the U.S. will do that again, but you never know. So there clearly are risks. As we look back at this year and how it was handled, worked through a lot of issues with the supply chain. Hopefully we've learned a lot from that. But also a big part of getting farmers through this year was, uh, you know, government payments. Uh, we had uh, CFAP 1 and now CFAP 2 had some stimulus type uh, things. We're waiting to see if there'll be any more. Uh, you wonder how much longer that can go on, though, if this, if this uh, pandemic continues much longer. Good question. Very good question. I mean, I think that's the really big question going forward, even beyond what would be the aggregate economic impacts of uh, another third wave of COVID. But, you know, would there be as large of support for U.S. agriculture coming out of Washington, D.C. in a third wave? Um, I'm, I'm not maybe as pessimistic as some, but I'm not as optimistic as either. I think that there would be a response. I'm just not sure it would quite as be as big as what we have seen in the last year. Mm-hmm. Makes it even more difficult to plan for, for farmers as they have some big decisions to make next year. Um, Tomorrow we're going to be talking uh, with the uh, on the ag lending side, the folks in that business, what they're looking at, because that's a big part of farmers' decisions next year, credit availability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think that there's probably going to be really big issues on that front, uh, you know, on a widespread basis. I mean, cash flow statements are looking lots better. Uh, uh, our Records here at the University of Illinois indicate that uh, grain farms in Illinois are going to have their best income year since 2013 uh, based on this run-up in prices. I mean, it's making that big of a difference. And so I, I just don't see credit problems uh, really being widespread this fall. Yeah, this market rally couldn't have come at a better time, right? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I... One comment I would make on that is I think it is a good time for farmers to really think seriously about, you know, marketing this year's crop at these high prices and then some maybe forward sales for 2021. Because I especially see some risk in the corn market. Man, uh, $4 corn requires basically, uh, you know, given our supply levels, a extremely bullish view on exports even beyond the uh, USDA's current WASDE of 2.3 billion bushels. So uh, I think that there is some some uh, downside risk that is is still out there in the corn market in particular. We don't know what the weather's going to be like, obviously, but uh, when we start thinking of planting decisions, acres decisions next year, the indications would seem to be more bean acres next year. 
Uh, that's right. I mean, you know, if you're just taking, uh, you know, new crop prices right now for quite a while, they've favored soybeans, and we've also come out of a period where net returns for a number of years have been much more positive for soybeans than corn. So I think that, you know, everybody's going to be looking for some shift uh, towards soybeans next year. But the rally in uh, corn prices uh, means it may not be quite as big as we thought just, you know, a month ago. You mentioned earlier the uh, ethanol situation and impacted by less driving, less fuel demand. Another uh, factor could be another call by some oil state senators, basically an attack, uh, an attempt to do away with the RFS. Well, I think that that's uh, kind of now a perennial crop. Uh, that they're they're going to do that. Their their attack on the RFS is perennial, and I, I don't really see much scope for Congress changing the RFS at least immediately. I think probably the scenario where you could see the RFS open up again is a uh, in a, a Biden presidency in a Democratic Senate, uh, there will be some kind of climate legislation, and it's possible that changes to the RFS could be rolled into that. But honestly, personally, I'm kind of skeptical. I think it's more like any kind of carbon legislation would be on top of the RFS rather than replacing the RFS. But that is a scenario where you could see some changes. And quickly, uh, Scott, that's the other part of this uh, as far as moving forward with the ag economy. The results of the election will have some impact with the potential of different policies. Absolutely. I think, you know, farm bill policies uh, won't be affected, but I think these ad hoc, uh, like the uh, MFP and the CPAF, those could be impacted by uh, who's uh, in the administration in the next four years and environmental policy certainly as well all right scott a lot going on that's going to be interesting thank you very much good to talk with you again oh it's always great to talk with you mike take care university of illinois ag economist scott Irwin. we'll continue on this theme of the ag economy and the markets of course wrapping up harvest lots to talk about with chief commodities economist for stone x arlen suderman joins us next here on aoa Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing 
top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Soybean futures an hour into the trading day, trending into positive territory. Private exporters reporting to USDA sales of 152,404 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to Mexico. USDA saying 132,000 tons of soybeans sold to unknown destinations. 130,000 tons of white wheat sold to South Korea, according to USDA. Wheat futures trended lower in the overnight trade at the Board of Trade amid forecasts of rainfall expected in both the U.S. plains and in wheat-growing areas in Russia. An hour into the day, December Chicago wheat down two and three quarters, six twenty-seven. Kansas City wheat December down three and a half at five sixty-six and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat December up two and a half at five eighty-five. March up a penny and a half at five ninety-two and three quarters. In corn, December up three and a half, four seventeen and a half. Soybeans, November up seven at ten seventy nine. January up five and a half, ten seventy seven a bushel. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, December down ninety seven at one hundred three fifty seven. February one hundred six ninety seven down a dollar ten. Feeder cattle, November down a dollar thirty two at one twenty nine eighty two. January down a dollar seventy two at one twenty five thirty five. We've seen cash cattle activity so far on the week at lower levels, around two dollars lower compared to a week ago. Lean hog futures, December down a dollar sixty five, sixty seven fifty five. On Wall Street, the Dow down fifty points, Nasdaq up seven, S P up five. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. 
It has been a while since we talked with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX. Good to have him back with us. Uh, Arlen, let's let's uh, kind of get your assessment where we're at now with the markets. We have China still buying, harvest rolling along, even though we have some snow in the northern areas now. Uh, yields good, but not great. Uh, and we've had, uh, of course, the run-up in prices the last few weeks. So uh, what's your assessment of where we are and where you think we're headed? Yeah, momentum is continuing to take us higher. The path of least resistance is up right now so far for the corn and soybeans. Wheat is uh, seeing some pressure this morning uh, with increasing odds now that we're finally going to get a break in the drought in the southern plains as we get into early next week with a cutoff low expected to uh, sit just to the west of the southern plains and bring some substantial moisture to that region. We certainly hope that's true, and we have a wide enough window that we can dramatically improve our prospects there. We still have some significant problems in the Black Sea region, especially Russia, Um, but at least for this morning, wheat's losing momentum. On the corn and soybeans, a little different dynamics there. With soybeans, we have the highest odds of seeing bullish fundamentals. USDA's cut our stocks for the current year to 290 million bushels. That's 6.4% stocks to use ratio. And if you look at price regression studies, prices typically start escalating higher at a much faster pace once you get below about 7% stocks-to-use ratio, trying to ration demand because demand for protein is fairly inelastic at that point, meaning it's hard to slow down demand with higher prices. So we've broken below that 7% level, and now we add in the planning delays in Brazil The rains are coming now in Brazil. We're filling in these dry areas over the coming week. Planting is picking up, but we've lost three to four weeks. That means their shipping, their export program is going to be delayed because the harvest is delayed. So will China draw on their reserves to fill that gap, or will they extend purchases from the United States? That's a big unknown, but the bias is among the traders that they, at least the speculative traders, the commercials really haven't priced this in yet. The speculative trader is betting that the China will continue to buy from the United States. So if they buy another 6 million metric tons, that would be 220 million bushels, and suddenly we'd be running out of soybeans. And that doesn't even account yet for the expected dryness in Argentina. If you look at the last several analog La Nina patterns that we saw, we saw... Uh, reductions in yields in Argentina between 17 and 26 percent. So soybeans aren't there yet, but they have the most likely scenario to a bullish market. Corn still has 2.1 billion in carryout. Uh, That's still ample to meet demand. Argentine, the last several crops we had with the La Ninas that I mentioned, we saw generally corn yields down about 20%. Argentina is one of our major export competitors. So that's a possibility. Chinese demand exceeding current projections is certainly a possibility. Corn is a little bit more riding the tail, coattails of soybeans and wheat on the hopes and expectations of the bulls that Argentina has a short crop and or that China buys more than currently projected. So how bullish are you on this bean market? I mean, what are we looking at potentially? Well, as we look at the spot soybean contract now, November contract at uh, 1081, that's approaching the $11 level. Historically, from a historical standpoint, when we get rallies in soybeans, uh, 
over the last 15 years, we rarely stop in the $11 range. Uh, we either stop before we get there and turn back lower again, or we plow right on through. There was one incident uh, where we stopped at $12, but we passed right through the $11 range. Um, the other times we went through $11, we pretty much went to $12, $13, or even $14. So we're getting up to a key point now of $11 to see whether we can push through it. Right now, the momentum seems to be there. That could all change very quickly. But uh, any breaks that we get in this market, the funds are still buying. So it brings up an interesting marketing scenario for farmers. Uh, already given an opportunity here to sell into a rally that we didn't really expect necessarily, but also the potential of it going even higher. And so they're kind of wondering, well, maybe I'll just hang on and, and see how high it goes. Yeah, the big question now is what happens in near term because <clears throat> the extending the export season, that's an issue for January and February. A short crop in Argentina, that's an issue for January, February, and March. So what happens between now and then to continue to feed the bulls every day? That may be a little bit difficult. So a significant correction is certainly possible in there in the meantime. As I said, breaks thus far are still getting bought. But it's going to be some time before we know how this plays out, whether it actually supports the bull's case. And so in the meantime, over the next couple of months, this market's going to be vulnerable. But is the market buying already buying soybean acres for next year? It certainly is. Uh, and with the expanding demand, there's probably some justification for that. Uh, right now, I'm looking for soybean acreage to go up to at least 87 million. Uh, the possibility of going as high as 89 million at this point. Uh, the corn-soybean ratio for next year really isn't that aggressive towards soybeans, um, but it certainly looks tempting. And right now. Um, our, our poll of farmers on Twitter earlier this month, which obviously it's non-scientific, certainly showed more of a bias in farmers leaning toward more soybean acres. And we did have that increase in prevent plant acres this last year that indicates we do have some acres to give to soybeans <clears throat> without materially affecting corn production. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with StoneX. We're certainly going to go into next year looking at a far different scenario and picture than we did coming into 2020. We certainly have, and, you know, I've been in this business for about four decades now, and when things get looking as bleak as they were this last spring, I start thinking, well, this is the type of uh, scenario when you start looking for when things can change to the positive, because that's when such happens. When everything looks bleak, it looks, you know, use the saying, it's darkest at midnight. That's when things start to turn. So I had that feeling, but really wasn't sure where it would come from. Then we saw the buying from China start to pick up momentum. That caught some attention. We saw the money flow pick up because of a, a big unprecedented surge in M1 money supply because of Fed and congressional stimulus into the economy. The dollar started breaking lower, so the money became more interested in the ag commodities, amplifying the move. Uh, and then the weather problems started to develop in various places of the world. So it is a much different dynamic now than where we were six months ago. So what are your people in China telling you? Uh, I mean, they're still buying. We've seen not only 
corn and soybean purchases, but some sorghum purchases. Still not the ethanol purchases we've been waiting on, but uh, are they going to keep buying? What do you think? Yeah, and, and the lack of ethanol and distillers grains purchases still tells me that China is really not bought into the phase one trade agreement, that they're merely buying what they think that they need at this point. And I think that's an important distinction. Um, but they do have a need, and so therefore they are purchasing what they need. We are seeing pork prices come down. They're doing a good job of rebuilding their hog herd. I don't think, based on our people, as I talked to them this week, they don't think the numbers are as good as what the government's reporting, but they still are making an important stride. And while that's starting to become a concern for the U.S. hog market, it is a very positive development for the U.S. corn and soybean markets going forward because with food waste being outlawed, and it's hard for us to comprehend how big of an industry food waste moving from restaurants to hog industry was, and that now has to be replaced with corn and soy meal. Um, we are seeing with $10 corn now in southern China a much stronger move toward feeding wheat, so that is displacing some of the corn demand, slowing the growth in corn demand. But China's Ag Ministry admitted this week that the shortfall between production and demand this year would be about 28 million metric tons. As we look at their production estimate, we think our people there think it was inflated somewhat, so the gap is probably even larger than that. Well, there's so many stories from the 2020, but uh, one of them that uh, we'll look back on, I think, a lot is uh, how the this market narrative changed from the first half of 2020 to the, this latter half of 2020. Quite a quite a shift, a rewrite of the script. Yeah, expect the unexpected, and for too long that was negative. Um, but for now, we're getting some positives, and and as I said back uh, four or five months ago. Um, even though at that time we were still looking at adequate supplies, demand looked to be picking up. Um, then we started getting reduction in supply, but demand always feels better than lack of demand. And uh, when you added in the production problems that we saw, we've still got big crops this year, but they're not the great crops that we were looking at a few months ago, and other parts of the world are now looking at significant problems. And so the scenario certainly has changed. Well, as you've often reminded us, the market gives opportunities, and here's the certainly one now, and it's uh, how how we manage this one uh, that will be key moving forward. Arlen, good to talk with you again. Good to have you back. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. All right. Chief Commodities Economist for StoneX, Arlen Suderman. Well, we're in the latter stages uh, of this Harvest 2020, and for a harvest report next, we're going to go back to St. Joe, Missouri. We've been checking in with Gene Miller. His harvest has been rolling right along. We'll check in with him next to see how things are going in the home stretch. That's next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. A good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart 
could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Adams on Agriculture. Conversations with policymakers, the movers and shakers in the ag industry, the pros and cons of issues important to you, cutting through the spin to get to the heart of a topic and giving you the information you need to know. Every weekday, Mike Adams brings you guests important to the ag industry. It's quite simply information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with Dan Hallstrom, President and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. Let's talk about the strong beef exports to Taiwan and South Korea. Demand continues to be pretty resilient in 2020, uh, despite all the disruptions of COVID-19. On the beef side, beef muscle cuts saw amazing growth in the month of August. It's our largest month in over a year at 89,000 metric tons, which is about 4% growth. 
And this was led by record monthly data out of Taiwan, Korea, and China. Taiwan and Korea were up a little over 20% each, and, and China was almost fourfold increase over a year ago. While the food service begins to come back, we still have extremely strong retail demand and extremely strong online presence for the U.S. beef products. So beef side, we're excited about a few of these things coming together. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. Let's get another harvest report. We go back to St. Joe, Missouri. Gene Millard standing by. Gene, I know harvest has been rolling right along. Are you done or pretty close? Well, we can see the end. We can see daylight at the end, at least. It's been yeah. really fast, Mike. I don't remember ever a harvest season that was uninterrupted by weather for six weeks. I mean, there was only one day that uh, we really couldn't run a combine. And uh, so it, it's been, uh, you know, straight through. It got extremely dry. And uh, we've had no moisture at all. And it's it's just really getting dry. So the, the crop has dried down so fast that it's kind of hard to keep up uh, because, it's, you know, you're not going to leave it stand there, you know, and soybeans and even though they're testing, you know, 9 or 10% moisture, you just got to get them out of the field. But uh, that, that's the only thing that, that has been concerning. It's been it's just extremely dry. And, and uh, you know, we're, we've been doing some cogitating on what, uh, what would have been better or what we could have done different, uh, you know, to make it a little better this year. And, and the one thing that we had to do this spring was to fix some of of 2019's uh, ruts and mud and field damage that was done then. And, and uh, you can still see uh, the results of, of all that uh, here this, this year. 9% moisture on beans. Did you have much damage in those beans as you harvested? No, uh, really. Uh, you know, we've got a combine that is extraordinarily uh, suitable to uh, variable conditions. And, and we didn't, we, we just, couldn't have had a better sample in a green bin. And so uh, we were very, very pleased about that. We just didn't have any cracks. A lot of times, the older machines we've had, you could get down that drive, you just can't stop from cracking the beans. But uh, we really didn't have an issue that way. And test rates were, you know, pretty good all the way through. Uh, you know, the corn uh, really dried down fast in, in less than a month. It went from 22% to 14%. And so it just got extremely dry, and we had wind a lot of those warm days, too, and so that just, you know, like, ready to dry down a lot faster. 
Yeah, you mentioned how unusual this harvest has been. I mean, uh, you know, a typical harvest, you'd have to wait, you know, uh, for things to dry up of a morning. It might be a heavy dew or whatever. You're, you're waiting right. to get out of the field. This year, this year, I know a lot of farmers got out there early. There was nothing to wait on. In fact, you were hoping for some moisture out there. Well, absolutely. You know, you get about so tired after uh, being continuous running for about a month or more. And, you know, the other morning, I, not only started the machine, just as soon as we had the morning service provided done, you know, got fueled up. And we were running at 8.30 in the morning, and that was, that's very unusual to be that dry that early in this part of the country. And, and uh, it, it's kind of changing fast right now. We've got fog and drizzle and a hundredth of an inch of rain, but that was enough to really put a stall on things here until it dries out a little bit. And it's have you any fires in your area? Not complain. Not a few. Yeah, have you had any uh, fires? It just, we haven't had any at our place, uh, thank goodness. I've been very careful. One thing we've done this year is uh, blown off the combine on a regular basis. And the combine we got this year does have an air compressor uh, mounted in it, and we have used that on a daily basis to keep everything cleaned off. Because uh, the corn we got so dry, you had just so many leaves piling up on the header and around the, the edges. So it it was a it was a case where prevention is is was a pound of cure all day. That's for sure. Because there've been mm-hmm. some tragic situations I know with fires. Any storage issues for your area? Well, the only storage issue has just showed up here this last uh, weekend. Uh, where one of our favorite places to deliver said, we're full of beans, cannot take any more beans. Uh, they still have some room for corn. Uh, but there's been, you know, lines and trucks have been busy. But, the, you know, the, I'd say the elevator guys have done a great job at keeping things moving. And we had enough farm storage figured out that, uh, you know, we could go to the bed uh, with anything that we couldn't get home. So uh, we're, we just ended up in pretty good shape altogether. So even though the yield's not as good as we had hoped uh, not too long ago, I mean we lost some of the top off of them, right. obviously. But when you have when you have this good a harvest weather and uh, a price rally at harvest time, uh, that's pretty good. Well, it is, and you know, <laughs> marketing strategies, uh, you know, try to do a little uh, forward pricing early on before harvest starts. But obviously, that didn't work this year when it rallies a dollar during during harvest or two dollars in the case of soybeans but uh that's why you, you, you that early sale was an insurance policy and you just hope that uh you know the law of averages holds for and uh you get the last two-thirds of the crop sold uh you know these kind of better prices but soybean yields were a little disappointing uh, it just you know shot off rain in august and september and and uh it was just the full season being planted in mid-may struggled in cold temperatures in May, and, and uh, actually some double crop beans yielded almost as much as those planted in May. So it's mm. very uneven, but I don't think anybody's complaining about the overall yields. It's, it's probably above average on, on soybeans, and certainly we had one of the best corn yields in our area that we've ever seen. So no complaints on the corn at all. So weather permitting, when will you get done, you think? Uh, let's hope within the next week, uh, there's, there's a pretty good window. I think after this little front moves through, you know, there's some spotty rains around, 
we just didn't get any real significant rain, just enough fog and drizzle to keep everything too wet to run. And I think that uh, it's supposed to chill down after being 80 degrees today, 40 degrees tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's a roller coaster. I mean, when it's snowing in Des Moines, and uh, and we're 80 degrees down here, there's something really fishy going on in the weather, man. I think the gods must have 2020, the year of the... The 2020 has been the year of the unexpected, that's for sure. Gene, have a safe rest of the harvest. Good to talk with you. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. You take... All right, you take care. St. Joe, Missouri farmer Gene Miller. That wraps it up for today. Join us again tomorrow right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.